Welcome to the August edition of the Flight Test Safety Channel podcast. I am your host, Art Tomasetti. I hope that your summer is going well and you are staying safe, staying cool, and of course, staying hydrated. I'd like to start off this podcast with a shout out to my test pilot school classmate, Doug Hurley, and his fellow astronaut, Bob Benkin, for their successful mission in space. Proof positive that teamwork can overcome challenges and achieve great things. This month, I had the pleasure of interviewing another former Marine friend, Mark Stuckey, who is currently lead test pilot for Virgin Galactic and director of flight tests for the spaceship company. You can find links to Forger's bio in the podcast description. I wanted to talk with him about his views on risk, risk mitigation, and the unique aspects of commercial space operations. It is my pleasure to welcome our guest today, an old friend, Mark Forger Stuckey. Forger, thanks for joining me today. I wonder if you could start out by describing your current role at Virgin Galactic. Well, I am, uh, for Virgin Galactic, I'm the lead test pilot, and uh, I do a it in that I am also the director of flight test for the spaceship company, which is Virgin Galactic's manufacturing arm and housed in Mojave. Uh, so that's what I do. My background is similar to yours, naval aviator, and then spent some time uh, with NASA as a test pilot and also a little bit of airline time before or around uh, September 11th and then ended up retiring out of the Air Force and got hired by Skilled Composites and got involved with the Spaceship 2 and the White Knight 2 program pretty soon thereafter. So uh, as you, uh, you mentioned, you had a background in airplane world of dealing with risks, both identifying those risks and managing those risks. Now, as you find yourself dealing with commercial space, can you talk to us a little bit about how you do risk management in your operations? Yeah, so I've, uh, risk management is unique for suborbital space flight, uh, especially so for suborbital space flight with winged vehicles, because there really is not a huge database in that. And uh, I really take a lot of my inspiration from Hugh Dryden, who was the, uh, the great NASA center director that the Dryden Flight Research Center was named after. And, it, and he said the purpose of flight test uh, is to separate the real from the imagined. And this statement has always impressed me, and I try to base my risk management on it. And it's kind of my opinion that legacy risk management puts too much emphasis on the standard accident scenarios, such as, you know, they, I, I've seen where they spend an hour briefing THAs over midair, loss of control, bird strike, and in my opinion, put people to sleep and fail to properly consider the real threats to that day's operation. Uh, you know, I tend not to believe a test hazard analysis for loss of control actually reduces your risk of dying on an envelope expansion test. Uh, what reduces your risk is ensuring you've done the proper analyses, the ground test, you've practiced it in the simulator, as well as mentally chair-flown the points, and you use a valid buildup. And well, I say valid buildup because I've seen safety personnel advocate a buildup in speed and altitude that may make sense for uh, conventional aircraft that I feel actually exposes our program to greater risk. So I've had to do a lot of arguing and and arm wrestling with uh, some safety personnel over what I feel is uh, the better risk reduction and better uh, build-up approach, which sometimes 
may actually be a build down approach in speed and altitude. So you mentioned obviously that uh, n- not all of the legacy practices you have from your your airplane background are are directly applicable. As you guys develop uh, new processes, what's your way of going like documenting those and, and putting those out there so that other folks who are, are branching into this commercial space world might be able to take advantage of the pioneering work you all are doing? So for me, I don't think we actually develop new processes. We still use the legacy practices, but I personally let those that are specifically trained in them do that work. And I think it's easier for me often not to fight than just to salute and allow the THA process to do its work. Uh, But I don't, I take it as a personal challenge to really think about what the flight dangers are and, and what might happen and and train for that. And I, and I recognize that so many accidents happen between uh, test points or at the end of a test point. And uh, I, I really try to, to put that hat on and, and think about what can possibly go wrong that's realistic and make sure that we've thought about it. And uh, I think a lot of, you know, uh, if you have a great simulator, that that's awesome. But if you don't, I think you can get a lot done by chair flying with all the disciplines and saying, okay, now what would happen and how does this react, how does this uh, impact your discipline and make sure everybody talks together. I've certainly seen a, 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 a tendency for people just to, to think, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me, so I won't pay, I don't need to pay attention. And I really stress for everybody that, you know, if you have this computer failure, sure, it's an avionics thing, but how does that affect your discipline? What signals do you lose, and, and what are your backups? And, and really uh, stress that aspect. So in the, in the flights you've had, can you tell me uh, one thing that maybe caught you by surprise or was, was very different than you would have expected coming from an, a pure airplane background? Powered flights. I I would read everything I could. I mean, I read a lot of books on X-15 and that kind of stuff when I was younger because I was interested in it. But I basically reread everything and, and tried to get into all the engineering. I got into the weeds on engineering notes or talking to people. And you know, one thing that kind of came out is there's this upper alt- altitude that you can fly with aerodynamic controls and the lower which you also have a lower altitude that you can fly with reaction control systems, you know, the cold jet thrusters. And, you know, I've, I've, it always seemed like, oh, it was related to an altitude or a, or a key, the indicated airspeed or something. But, you know, in my experience, it, is, it really is, uh, it, it's not that simple. You have to integrate over time how long you're in that envelope. Because just because you have a reaction control system that works very well below like five knots of airspeed, if you are in a flight profile that subjects you to two minutes of airspeed that's above five knots but below, say, 40 knots, now you're really relying on long-term aerodynamic stability. And uh, if you use a reaction control system too early to set a reentry attitude, it could be an aerodynamically unstable over that period of time before you get get back to enough uh, cue over the airplane 
to really control it. So that's one of the things that really surprised me more is is not having a proper appreciation for that. And that was part of the risk management is that the people think, oh, we will build up in burn times, uh, and that slowly expands the mock and altitude envelope, but that actually puts you in that uh, in that altitude and keys regime where uh, the use of the reaction control system is extremely critical. It's much easier to go into space than to do a short rocket burn and, uh, and really have to very precisely control your pitch attitude when you don't have any data, any real flight data on the, on the uh, effectivity of the system. Well, that's all great, Forger. I appreciate you taking some time the, this morning with us. And I'll, I'll sort of turn the mic over to you, so to speak, for any uh, last comments, last thoughts for our listeners. Uh, I think one thing that I really try to, try to set myself apart with is that I firmly believe it can happen to me and it being a bad day. You know, as naval aviators, uh, you and I were raised reading what I thought was the premier safety magazine at the time. Approach magazine. It was published by the Naval Safety Center. It was packed full of the there I was stories that we all learned from. But one thing that you know stood out to me was a number of articles that began with words along the lines of I never thought it would happen to me, but then here's my story. And you know, I learned in high school driver's ed that the polls show that the average car driver considers themselves to have above average skills, and no doubt that holds true for pilots. And although I'm, I'm confident in my skills, I also realize that I can either be unlucky or not as good as I hope. And that's a, I, I'm not gonna be that guy that says, oh, I never thought it would happen to me, because it's happened to some very excellent pilots in very excellent machines. And thus I always try to envision emergency scenarios and how to deal with them. I think having the attitude that it can happen to you can make you safer. Excellent words. All right, Forger, thanks again, and we wish you the best of luck in your continued endeavors in the commercial space operations. Thank you, Turbo. I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Mark Stuckey. Forger provided great insight into today's commercial space operations. It's always a pleasure for me to connect with old friends while bringing you relevant, thought-provoking, and inspiring people to talk to for this podcast. And for this month's look at what's on the web, in the Resources and Links tab on our website, you will find a section titled Safety Management Solutions and Resources. In that section, there's a link to a document called the Operator's Flight Safety Handbook. This handbook is intended to serve as a guide for the creation and operation of a flight safety function within an organization. It focuses on the impact of safety considerations as they apply to air operations. The handbook was developed by the Aviation Operators Safety Practices Working Group of the Global Aviation Information Network with input from subject matter experts from across the aviation industry. The Flight Test Safety Fact is back from its summer break, and in this issue's monthly feature, we weave together three separate threads that include SCTP's Dan Javorsik, NASA's advanced air mobility expert, Stargan, and some recent accidents. If you're the curious type, or you're on your last summer vacation days with spare time to read, there are links to other stories and references you can really dig into for more information. 
You can also find some final words from outgoing Flight Test Safety Committee Chairman Tom Huff. If you do not currently receive the Flight Test Safety Fact, you can find it on our website, www.flighttestsafety.org. Just click on News at the top of the webpage. Turning to recent events, on the 16th of July, the Flight Test Safety Committee bid farewell to outgoing Chairman Tom Huff. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Huffer for his leadership, vision, and support of this podcast effort. Tom served from May of 2017 to July of this year and will now move into the role of Executive Advisor. Taking over as the Flight Test Safety Committee Chairman is, well, no way to do this without it being a little awkward. The new chairman is yours truly. It is my privilege and an honor to take this position and to continue the great work of the Flight Test Safety Committee. And lastly, for upcoming events, SCTP is arranging a webinar that will be held on the 24th and 25th of September. Each day will be approximately four hours long with technical presentations. You can find more information on the SCTP webpage, www.sctp.org. And that is a wrap for this month. If this is your first episode of the podcast, thank you for listening. And please go check out some of our other episodes. If you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back this month. For everyone, please help us get the word out and share these podcasts with anyone you think would be interested or would benefit from their content. Finally, we'd love to hear what you would want to hear about in an upcoming podcast. If you have comments or ideas, please contact us via your podcast download site or email us directly at ftsc at flighttestsafety.org. Until next time, my friends, be safe, be smart, and be ready. So long, everyone. The Flight Test Safety Channel podcast is sponsored by Time to Climb Training and Consulting. Motivate your team to succeed, accelerate toward your goals, and elevate to a higher level of performance. On the web at www.time2climb.com.